We are two people who have experienced grief in our lives and are fascinated about life after death, or rather, life after life. So in this podcast, we will have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. We intend to bring hope and wonder to free your soul if you allow it. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. I don't know about you, Trisha, but after being home last year, not only am I in some kind of emotional funk that might actually be considered grief, but I think I'm struggling with getting back into a routine because what I mean is I used to be so health conscious and now I just don't think I am. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I want to talk about that today. Staying healthy while grieving. I read this resource that I received, like a pamphlet um, is grieving alone and together. It's from funeralservicefoundation.org. It's a great link to have if you're going through through some grieving process, not just while you're trying to heal. It's just, it will help you in many different ways. So things that will support your health while grieving. There are a few things that we're going to go over today. I think I need this. <laughs> I am so glad you asked for that book because I want to see, even though I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm going through grief in the way that we know a lot of our listeners are, I, I do think that there is something different from that really unique year last year in 2020 being home and, you know, having to find another job or, you know, running out of money or worrying about unemployment and my kids and college and my husband's job. And I think being at home, throwing me out of a routine and into sort of, you know, like a a grief type system, I I'm curious to hear what they have to say and maybe what I could do to jumpstart myself back into staying healthy. Yeah. It's, these are fairly simple things that you can, you, you know, but you don't remember during these times. So it's always good to go back and look at this information when you think you're grieving or you got had a loss that making you sit back and go, what am I doing? So the first thing um, that they mentioned is routine. If you don't have a routine, like when we were going to work, we would wake up at a more in the morning at a certain time have our breakfast and coffee and then get in our car and drive in that traffic for who knows how long. That is true. Do you know, I spent the first couple of weeks of quarantine going to live webcams around the world to see that there were no people outside. And I was, I was just sitting on my couch not know, I had no clue what to do. My, my husband was home. A couple of my kids were home at that time. And Yeah, there was, it wasn't even that we got out of our routine. I remember just not even knowing what to do, which I think also can happen when you lose someone or you lose a job and now you're facing your life differently and you don't know what 
to do. Yeah, exactly. Because that was me too. When I did lose my job, I was like, I didn't have a routine. I just slept in. I didn't even, I was like, oh, I don't have anything to do. Let me just sleep. Right. So it's a good thing just to keep a routine, wake up at a certain time, maybe work out at home, read a book, something that you have like a routine every day. It helps control your daily life. So it's not like, oh, I can just sleep today, maybe watch TV and a movie and just chill. I think that takes discipline too. And that is not, I mean, it's easier, easier said than done. I have struggled with this, trying to stay in the routine and tell myself, you know, when I, I think when I, when I was working and traveling and taking care of kids, all the things I did in a day, and now I have no excuse. So number one, it's cracking down on myself, getting some discipline. And you have to recognize this too. Obviously, if you are someone who is grieving right now, or you're sad and you're upset, reflect and look at your life and compare it to before the event that has caused your grief. What is different? What can you do to make changes in your routine and try to enact some discipline and forgive yourself if you don't make it one day because tomorrow is another day. So also be easy on yourself. It is not an easy thing to do. It does take discipline and in it, and you do it a couple days and then you fall out again and just pick up and try again. Just take care of yourself. And like she said, so with that saying, taking care of yourself, the next one on the list is nourishment. You got to stay eating healthy, drink plenty of water, especially that water. If you don't drink that water, your energy is gone. That is true. And your protein, all these things that you need in a day. And if you're not doing, you don't have that routine and you don't eat. Cause I know for a couple of times during my loss of grieving process, I wouldn't eat. You know, I, um, I did really well through the first part of the quarantine. And one reason was we weren't able to just drive out to go get fast food. You know, we were kind of making more foods at home, fresher that were better, but toward the end of the year, and maybe it was around the holidays, I, out of anxiety of what was going to happen and not believing that our quarantine went on as long as it did. I stopped eating. I was, I w- didn't have an appetite. I remember waking up feeling really hungry. So I know I wasn't getting the nourishment I needed. I probably wasn't drinking enough water. And again, I think there may be a theme here, but I think that comes back to being aware, reflecting on yourself and then cracking down and finding some discipline. And I can, I'm just guessing that that's going to be my theme <laughs> and every point that you have, but what you got, what's the next one? The next one is limiting your alcohol. Uh oh. Oh, yeah. That either. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You just want to make sure one here and there every so often is fine, but you don't want to be bored and say, let's, let's have a bottle of wine or, you know, whatever that drink may be, because it is fine just to want to have that relaxing drink here and there, but not on a daily basis because that's going to hurt you more than help you. I have an aunt who lost her son when he was in his twenties. And I know that she drank a lot more after that. So being aware of that, I think this is something that is going to be more recognized by a family member or someone close to you. If you are the person grieving, you may not be aware, but if someone mentioned something to you, try not to get upset 
they're going to deny it. I'm not drinking. It comes to that denial thing. Yeah. And I think if you're drinking because of, of grief, that can be, that can be a bigger problem. So again, I, I'm going to go with awareness, you know, take a look, be honest with yourself, open your eyes, kind of do a self-check. How are you doing? Maybe write it down. And even in, in nourishment, I use an app called my fitness pal. And I know there's a lot out there, but it, one thing when I use it, it makes me aware of what I am eating, what types of foods I'm eating and they make them pretty easy to enter. But that is one way to check yourself. If you start logging what you're eating, what you're drinking and how much you're drinking and you look back on it, don't lie, don't cheat, you know, you will do that, but you gotta be honest with yourself. That's right. All right. What's next? And the next one is exercise. Get yourself moving. It's good to get that fresh air, go outside, take that walk, getting yourself moving is going to make you feel better. A great thing to do. I, I miss exercise because I used to be a member of a gym and with the quarantine, I haven't gone. And I do remember that you can, and, and I started exercising when I was young, but I remember them talking about getting addicted to those endorphins to get released. And I think if you fall out, if you have been someone who used to exercise and after last year, you haven't exercised more than your computer gaming fingers, uh, you know, you might be feeling some sort of depression type symptoms because you're not exercising. So that's a good point. And, you know, I'm going to chalk that one up to discipline. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, so it was a great thing because I used to be a dancer and dance on a daily basis. And without having that available to me anymore, it's the hardest thing to deal with because my dance teachers would be like, you're going through something, aren't you? They knew by the way you're dancing and you were releasing what you were going through. And that helps release your feelings and what you're going through. And you're expressing yourself. Even if it's running, you're like, you will let yourself go because you might in the middle, sometimes for dancing, I don't know about running, but in dancing, in the middle of the dance, you would start crying and you'd be like, why am I crying? And it's because you're letting yourself go and letting yourself feel. Interesting. If those exercises, I'm like, I'm, I can't talk. I don't exercise as much as I should, <laughs> but I say that's like one of the top ones for me. Cause that's just a release release thing for me with the exercise. Definitely. I went way too long, not even going outside my house. Cause when, you know, when this pandemic started, I don't know about you, but my family was afraid to step outside because we still weren't really sure how it was transmitted in the very beginning. In the early phases, you know, we weren't sure how bad it was going to be. And I was honestly watching a little too much of the original programming on Netflix that specifically dealt with a pandemic that happened in Atlanta. So I'm not even going to name that show. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you could find it but it kind of freaked me out. So I think I was afraid that if I stepped outside and I breathed the air, I would probably drop dead. And then I used that as an excuse, even later on when I found out that that wasn't how it transmitted, I still was not going outside. So again, I think it's baby steps sometimes too. And it's knowing, all right, what do I, and, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying on the routine. 
you know, maybe you need to work in a walk in your routine and try to build that up. If you're not getting out and not getting the exercise, you do kind of sometimes have to take baby steps. Don't overdo it the first day because then you don't want to get up again and you won't keep going. So just take baby steps. But that's that's a real good one. What's next? The next one is sleep. You want to keep a sleep pattern again. It's like the routine with your everyday life. Sleep, you need to keep in patterns. Go to sleep at the same time. Wake up at the same time. So your body understands what you're doing and you're in the right mindset. Can you sleep too much? Because I think I did that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can sleep too much. And making you, when you sleep too much, it makes you more tired, which is... It doesn't make sense to me. But I last... Okay, uh, I'll be honest. I definitely went through a phase, both me and my husband. I am going to rat him out on my podcast right here. We didn't get up because we had nothing to do. There were times where we just thought we had no goal and, and we just, you know, you get up, you walk downstairs and you turn on the news, which I'm curious to see if that's going to be in any of this, but that's what we did. And I think you're right though. It's making sure you get a good amount of sleep, but also on a schedule and probably not oversleeping. I'll admit it too. I probably slept too much as well. I mean, the only time I would get up is to walk my dogs. And then not all the time would I walk the dogs. My brother would do it on occasion because I didn't want to get out of bed. So <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, having that pattern in your life is right. a good thing to have. What else you got? The next one is mental health check-ins. Check in with yourself. See how you're feeling. Make sure you're not feeling overwhelmed by everything you're going through, all that grief, the loss, whatever it may be that you're dealing with, check in with yourself, sit down and say to myself, am I okay right now? Do I need help? What is what's going on? That's a good point. And I, I would like to chime in here that uh, finding resources that work for you, whether you're religious or you like meditations or you're spiritual, or you just need to be quiet and breathe and listen to yourself. But for, for me, it was, I found some podcasts as well as meditations. I listened to, um, I like an app that's the insight timer and it has a variety of guided meditations from short to long, just breathing some with just music, some with visualization. And I had to do that a lot to analyze how I was feeling last year. Cause I'm realizing now when I'm ready to actually divulge to the world, my struggles last year, I want to do that on in one episode because I struggled a lot. And I did find that through that pressure, I think I'm on the other side of it now because I can appreciate in a way of what I've heard from a lot of the people I was listening to talking about how you only grow when you're in pain or out of your pain, you improve and you become better, but it's only if you let yourself and you try. So I think that starts with, with a mental health check, you know, and, and, and it, it, yes, you're going to, there should be ups and downs in life. That is what life is about. And we should be allowed to feel those things. But I think it's also important to achieve and pull out and grow from those things and to keep moving. So I think that's a, that's definitely a really good one. Exactly. 
And this is kind of similar. The next one on here is mood changes. So while you're doing that mental check, check your mood because with any kind of loss, your mood is going to change. So again, like it's you were talking meditation, doing that deep breathing, letting yourself relax and not let that traumatic loss take over. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. And if, um, if you're living in a house, not by yourself with other people, you might find that you are having mood changes around each other. Maybe you're getting on each other's nerves too. When you're by yourself, it's even harder to notice it. Your mood changes because you might be yelling at yourself and, and you have, because you have, you feel like you have no one in front of you. So you always, even you just want to make sure your moods, you can be happy. You could be sad, but just check your mood changes. Maybe write it down. Say like in the morning I was feeling happy, you know, just to keep in check to see how your moods are changing. And if you do need that help, because you might not notice it, especially if you're by yourself, living by yourself. Right. But there might be triggers that cause the mood changes. Um, You know, just things that are going around you, maybe what you're hearing people say, or maybe things you're watching on TV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anything can change your mood in a second, right? Just that one word somebody says to you, you'd be like, get all angry at that person. (laughs) And you're just, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, yeah, because when you live with family, that's where. Yeah, that's easy to do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, those are the things that you want to check in on. Those are very important things. Your mental health and mood changes kind of go together. Yeah, they do. What else? Yeah. Yeah. The next one is news media. Oh, that's what would trigger my mood changes. I I think, you know, last year was entertaining on the news. That's the only word I'm going to say. And and there was a lot of emotion that went, I mean, the protests were unbelievable being stuck in our house with all of the different from racism and unjust and different opinions and just emotions going so high between so many different people. I I didn't even let you finish saying what it is about news media, but I'm almost going to guess. So what does it say about news media? In the news media, it's just telling you, you should be careful on how much you watch because watching too much can get your emotions in a whole uproar. Like you said, all the racial injustices that were going on, the coronavirus, pandemics, yeah, politics, everything. It was too much. I had to off the TV occasionally because I was wrapped around the news. Yeah. My kids actually told their dad, we think you are watching the news too much. It's one thing to know what's going on, but they recognize that he was still listening to the same stories over and over again. We've cut way back. And I think that has definitely helped with our mood changes and our mental health. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. Cause I did, like I said, I started turning it off. I limit myself to even today, how much news I watch. I'll watch one like in the early morning time and then one at night, just so I can get what's happening in the morning and then find out if anything has else happened during the day. And yeah, I do have pop-ups on my phone. So. Right. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So if anything on there is something interesting that I want to know about, then I can right. click on it and watch it. That way I'm not stuck on that news channel, watching it 24 <laughs> seven. Right. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's stressful for your body. 
your whole body, not just your mind, your body is, is taking it. That's true. And so what if somebody is having trouble in all of these areas or one really heavily? The next one is on here that is seek support. Oh, okay. If it's just a friend, a good friend to talk to a counselor, especially these days you can do, we've said in other episodes, the video chat. Now you can sit at home and talk to somebody via chat, a good family member that you trust and feel comfortable talking to you about things that you want to go over. Cause it is sometimes hard to talk to a family member. I think that's a really neat thing that has come out of last year is the ability now for even counselors to be able to be available to people through a video chat type service. And I actually was part of a weekly support group on Zoom last year. Right before the shutdown, I had moved my mom into memory care, which has been something, you know, part of some of the struggles that I deal with, with my mom having dementia. But I had just joined a group. I think I met with them in person two times. The shutdown happened. They quickly moved over to Zoom and I rarely miss a week. And it's been very important for all of us to get together and still visit and share and check in on each other. And if you are hurting, you need to reach out and seek support. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And as Trisha was saying, whether it's to a friend or a grief counselor, I think I might even ask the person who leads the support group to come on. I'd like to interview her sometime. And in our last year, there have been five, actually four family members that passed away in this group. And actually one of our group members also passed away, you know, and it's one of those weird things where you feel like they're here one minute and they're gone the next. And our group just continues to stick together. Um, so it, it's, it's neat that we've been able to do that. And we're spread, most of us are in and around LA, but there are a couple of people that even join that group now that are out of state because they're connected to these, these people or these family members. And, and I think there's going to be more and more of those groups. I don't think that's going to go away. That's amazing that you guys can keep in touch, even with the ups and downs through this pandemic and the loss that they've had, your whole group has had. I know I had some support group to myself. And it was amazing to have that knowing you have that and you can go to them each week and talk about what you've been going through, whatever it may be. It might not have to be about the loss of somebody or what you're dealing with on the grief end or the like what you guys discuss. It can be anything that's going on in your life. No, that's true. So it's a great release to have for yourself, no matter what you're going through. I highly recommend it myself because it did help me a lot. And I know it's helping you get through what you're going through as well. Definitely. So Misty, we did it again. <laughs> we survived death and dying another podcast. And why is that Misty? Well, of course, it's because we believe life and love never dies. Thanks for listening. And until next time, it's never goodbye. It's see you next time. Just take a chance, fly away.